Individual pieces of social media ads and content sell more product than everything else in the world. Today, in the world, in real life, more stuff will be bought because of social media creative than any other advertising in the world. Yet, this town and this industry will continue to completely diminish and misunderstand that that's the real advertising in lieu of getting excited about a 30 second video that nobody on earth actually consumes. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you all for showing up early morning for a conversation with us. Um, hope you guys can make what you can. Yes? Yes. 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 Energy. Please get some coffee if you need some more energy and all that good stuff. <laughs> we have some stuff in the back. Um, I just appreciate you all being here. We are enjoying this wonderful South of France, joined by some wonderful folks who to have a great conversation. Um, a lot of observations this uh, this week so far. Definitely been talking to us in the back about creators in this creator economy. Um, the democratization of storytelling. And really how we've actually really jumped into this in a real way by giving everybody that's got a phone and a microphone a voice. And for us, it's reels. And obviously individuals from an organic perspective are enjoying it. We're actually going to also talk about reels monetization, how that actually works, how this creator economy actually makes sense. And uh, who better? Who better than Gary Manderson? And Susan will be able to have a conversation about this. So please welcome our wonderful guest here. Um, I'm going to get out of the way. We're going to play a little jazz and just hang out. The first question, I'll pose it to you first, Susan. Ladies first. Um, straight to just be back here at Cannes. What are some of the observations that you're saying? I know you just got off a plane. So please give her a round of applause. Keep straight here. To share knowledge with all you. Probably gems, please. Only I, mean, start with you. I feel like I want to say AI, but I'm afraid what. <laughs> it's a drinking game, right? Yeah, I only read about it. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, it's it's just so always so inspiring to be here and to see creativity at work um, is is really gratifying and to to sort of kick Diageo's fiscal year off with that kind of inspiration is always very welcome. I'm really glad that you're here. And again, really, really appreciate you coming straight here and what have you. Gary, you just always dropping gems. Um, you've been here all week and what have you. What are some of the things you've just excited about based on what you've seen thus far? Um, excited about? Excited? Yes. Just, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're the man of excitement. I think people are Yeah, no, I'm excited <laughs> by nature. You know, I think the thing I'm most excited about is really kind of what's happening outside the eco chamber where just watching people interact with each other and like hug it out. I think, I don't know if you guys heard, but there was this thing called COVID a couple years ago. And uh, you know, just feeling like people are interacting and having conversations. Like for me, I think one of the biggest struggles I have in the advertising industry is people love to say consumer centric, but there's not a lot of activities that actually represent that, that we herald. Um, but just watching humans interact with humans uh, has been the thing that most excites me. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all good. <laughs> you know, but specifically just for reels though, I mean, Gary, I'll go back to you quickly. You are an early, early advocate of this product for us. I think that um, we've seen individuals expand. It's all about sight, sound, and motion and giving people the individual tools to be able to express themselves. And certain brands have been able to do so as well. You're an early advocate on, on, on leveraging reels. What have you seen and why, why are you such an early adopter in this? I think you've been kind of an advocate for us in many respects. 
It's not necessarily because I have any great feelings towards you or any other platform. I thought you loved me. I do love you and you look phenomenal. Can you clap it up for this suit? Very on brand. I know it's a funny answer, but I want everyone to hear this. You know, my historic excitement about Meta and any other platform has really nothing to do with the founder or the wonderful, Shannon's here, I adore her from Meta, but like, it's not, as much as I like the individual people, which I have a lot of love for, to me, my religion is attention. You know, I'm an early advocate because real human beings see the product. To me, what is so fascinating about modern day advertising is we, we have a real disconnect between the concept of reach and actual reach. We have a lot of reports and a lot of data and GRPs and impressions and views, but we don't have a really good game about common sense. And when you add common sense to the data, things get a little bit more murky or more exciting. For me, what's exciting about Reels is it's underpriced attention, which is disproportionately my religion. If I think that something is being consumed at a greater pace than the cost of the media for it to be seen and or getting it organically consumed, then I'm excited. Facebook Reels specifically, more than Instagram Reels, more than TikTok even now with where we are today, not 24 months ago, not 36 months ago. Facebook Reels itself is wildly underappreciated because there's a enormity of actual consumption, yet creators and advertisers have not filled that attention to the highest capacity, thus rendering the actual consumption very underpriced. And so I was an early advocate because it's a good product for now. And, and the reason I bring up for now is not it's doomed today or it's bad. The way the last 15 years of social have played out is very simple. There's underpriced attention. Slowly but surely people figure it out. First it's entrepreneurs and creators. Four years later it's this world. And then eventually it gets filled up and then there's enough supply against the demand. Oftentimes it even flips over time and people don't realize that the attention has moved somewhere else but even more content is being produced for it. So I'm obsessed with day trading attention and I think Reels is an underpriced advertising avenue today. Well, we're going to continue to work on developing that and, and building on that foundation. I think that, Susan, to you, you've been leveraging this as well. You've got 200 plus brands in your portfolio and earlier adopter in this space. Why have you actually chosen Reels as one of the things to be able to actually garner the attention of the individuals that Gary's talking about? Yeah, part of what we try to do is really help consumers um, plan and uh, create their best celebrations. And it's a really good platform to do that for cocktail inspiration, for party inspiration, for just what should I drink tonight? Um, so I think that combined with the underpriced reach, as Gary said, has shown um, real value to us. And when we use our testing to tie it to short-term sales, we're seeing it pay off. I mean, the, the thought around this is that, I mean, we've seen the investment you know, deliver results. I mean, we're in the outcomes business. I think all of us are in that business. The idea is for us to be able to focus on time and attention where consumers are, put an elegantly placed advertising message adjacent to content, and then try to drive those outcomes. You know, what is some of them from a media mix perspective? I think that, you know, we talk about sight, sound, and motion being the way to influence individuals. How do you think about how you're balancing this? I mean, I know I think you've engaged with reels, but how does this fit as a part of your entire portfolio? 
Yeah, I mean, because of the results, it really is a standard part of what we're incorporating for most brands. Um, and what we're finding is the fact that meals are so shareable. I mean, as you plan celebrations, you want to share them. You want to make them special. The, the visual uh, restingness of the creative really leans into everything that we're trying to really land with consumers about how they think about making special, shareable, easy, beautiful, personalized celebrations. It's, it's interesting that you say that, and I go back to Gary, your point about the life cycle of how you, know, you mentioned Facebook Reels and, and what have you. You know, for there are a ton of creators that are here, and I think that this is one of the things that's interesting about the, the evolution of actually who comes to can large brands, large agencies, and what have you. But for the creators that are out there, small business and entrepreneurs, how do, how should individuals be thinking about leveraging this as a tool to find their consumer audience? While it's an underpriced asset, how should they think about brand essence? I mean, one of the things that's been interesting about this industry is that brands have used traditional advertising and then leveraging platforms like ours to go to reach individuals. But in terms of that authenticity. How is actually what you're seeing from a Reels and or just, I'll call it video perspective, engaging with audiences that, that listen to you? Well, it's not how creators and small business think. All the jargon that we talk about here all week is more corporate talk. Creators and small business want results, purely. So brand essence, a human being by nature is brand essence. They're a human. Like, they don't sit in a room and analyze their brand positioning. They're a human being. They make stuff that they want to make or they think they want to make or might do something. So, you know, creators don't go to marketing school that way. They don't read how brands grow that was written in 1991 and map out their journey. They just do the right shit. Um, Small business is very similar. You know, small businesses, which I spend a lot of time in, we have a whole agency called the Sasha Group that only works with small businesses, they don't care about what we care about here. They don't want an award. They don't want a a brand journey. They want their business to grow. There's a whole world, believe it or not, everyone out there that cares for marketing to do the thing it's supposed to do, which is drive the business. And so they don't even talk in that way, my man. Yeah, I get that. I think that one of the things is interesting just when we think about influencers or creators, you're right, they're all human beings, but people are in the outcomes business. We, you know, the idea that when we talk about democratizing storytelling is about making sure that you're actually shortening that distance between ideation and execution. But real quick, the, of course they're in the outcomes business, which is why they don't have meetings to figure out their brand positioning. Test and learn. It's, it's, honestly, I think test and learn is one of the worst positionings for social media. Let me explain what I mean by that. Please. The concept of test and learn has made this whole town diminish the value of a social media ad. Because it's a test and learn, it thus renders it to be smaller. Individual pieces of social media ads and content sell more product than everything else in the world. Today, in the world, in real life, more stuff will be bought because of social media creative than any other advertising in the world. Yet, this town and this industry will continue to completely diminish and misunderstand that that's the real advertising in lieu of getting excited about a 30 second video that nobody on earth actually consumes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a light (laughs) drop moment.
I I apologize, I just need two more seconds and then Sue, you can take it all. (laughs) Today, in real life, in the world, more people buy more stuff because of creative on social and it won't even be close. Yet, when we think about social, we think in terms, to your point, and it's in the subconscious now, test and learn. We, it's all these things that are not as good as the bull crap in the building. It's 10 times better than the bull crap in the building to the real world. Over the last decade, companies like this and the other companies they compete with have bought up the beach because they're living in real life while the industry lives in fake life. Thank you. <laughs> Well, look, I think uh, the way that we think about social is it's a huge opportunity to have continuous communications, which I think is what the consumer care is talking about, is eventually driving action by the consumer. <clears throat> um, you know, what is attractive to us about Reels, it lets us listen to what people are talking about, what they're interested in, and, and react to that in a really quick and easy way. Um, and we found the more it can be real, the more it's user generated, the more it's our influencers using it, the better it does. When we try to pile on branding upon branding upon branding, um, it just doesn't come off right. Go figure. Uh, so, <laughs> what's that? I said go figure, <laughs> right? Thinking here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, right. you're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I, look, I, I am an old time media planner. I think there is a place for every kind of media, um, but certainly uh, the place social has, has been in our business, is, it's undeniable what it's driven for us. I mean, what's, what's great about that, too, is that, you know, I think, Gary, what you, you're mentioning, too, is that sometimes you just. You're, when you're living life, you're not necessarily wanting or needing to be sold to. You know, we, we, we used to call this sort of the discovery economy, right? You just sort of, you just live it. You're enjoying who you're enjoying, you're friends with who you're friends with, you're, it, it is what it is, and you're actually being presented things in front of you based on your personalization. It's like, oh, I didn't really know I needed some new kicks. I didn't know I needed a new sweater. I didn't, I didn't know I wanted that product. And that actually allows entrepreneurs to get in front of people in a way that actually is very natural. I'm not being sold. I'm discovering something based on what I think I might want or need, just based on how I interact. And so following individuals, it's not about brands convincing somebody to buy something. It's about allowing individuals that should actually know about this product and putting it in front of them with an easy way to be able to access it. And so it's just interesting for us to be able to see that. And I know that we talk about this traditional versus non-traditional piece of it. Yes, we have bought up the beach, which is a nice beach here, which is lovely. But it's because we're actually following the consumer, allowing them to lead us, right? We're not actually dictating to them. We're trying to give them tools to then express themselves. And that's really the point. Makes sense. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, just to add to something you said, of course there's word of mouth. Word of mouth has sold stuff long before the internet came along. And what social media does is it's created plumbing for word of mouth at scale. So yes, people will naturally discover something because a human being is making a post and they might, not, they might be selling something else but the person watching it's like, I like that scarf and they buy the scarf. That's how the world works. I may see a human being wearing something today that makes me, like that's just how it works. 
I would also argue that when you're sold to in social, because we test all media platforms as well, and to Sue's point, all media platforms should always be looked at. We look at everything. We look at outdoor and radio and television and print and social and all, we look at it all. I also think that when you happen to be a small business or a creator, you only spend money on things that is black and white RO positive for your business. But in corporate, we have reports and we have internal MMs and MAs and we have the way that you have to spend to make it work, which I'm empathetic to. That's just the reality of it. And I think in that juxtaposition is the opportunity because what I can definitely tell you is ungodly amounts of things work when you're sold to on social. You know, sold to is a funny thing. As a matter of fact, in social, you'll have a lot of things look way more like you're being sold to. You have much more QVC and home shopping network DNA in social and it's quite effective. It, my argument is the formats of traditional media and the classic brand positioning is making a lot of our brands do vanilla on traditional platforms. A vanilla sentence and a vanilla 30 second video that nobody gives a crap about. I actually think bigger brands on television and other platforms should do more selling because the vanilla cuteness is not effective and every, you know, of course if you're on trade or doing other things while you're doing television, it's there. And of course if you spend seven, people are like, Gary, you're wrong. I spend, I, I'm getting sales from TV. I'm like, you're spending $17 million. Of course you're gonna get some sales. Have you ever tried to spend $17 million on reels? Like, that's what I'm talking about. What's the actual ROI? <laughs> but you have to understand, there's an, enti- there's an entire world, there's an entire world that actually does that. We know that, right? Does everybody know, I, mean, I know the meta people know because the combos they have here are very different than the combos they have with small businesses, startups, and creators. Six years ago, the Austin office was doing different talk than the Palo Alto office because they had different people they were servicing. The, like, there are plenty of people that do that. They happen to be the people that then eventually get bought by the biggest brands in an M&A deal. We just have to get our industry to recognize these truths, which is brand is built on social. And this industry is desperately trying to not accept that. And until it does, it will continue to have ankle biters take a market share, and they'll continue to spend a billion dollars to M&A a brand doing what they could be doing, but they'd much rather waste money on dumb shit. I mean, the sense is real. And, and I think that you know, as you as a brand, you think through like, how might you launch a product? How do you support the ones that you have? You've got 200 some odd products um, and your global brand and what have you. And I'm sure we all enjoy Diageo products. I'm not sure what your libation of choices, but I'm sure you have it in your portfolio. How do you think about what Gary just said, like you, you, you've got a media mix that's got traditional as well as social. How do you think through that? And again, it, it's not necessarily a distinction, it's a complementary notion of being able to have a reach the core consumer. And given the fact that you're actually an adult driven product. Yeah, I think also we try to think about moving away from the vanilla. And when we are going to go into TV, we tend to go big, we tend to go around something like the Super Bowl. Uh, Eurovision just happened with Bailey's, and in that case, we try to think about that and how a consumer thinks about it. You don't just consume Eurovision on TV, you talk to your friends about it on social, you read about it on social. And so it's, I think, thinking about it in a more holistic way. 
um, because that's how people consume all this stuff. They're, they're not, I only do social, I only look at home, whatever. Um, so we think a lot about how a consumer would experience that thing and how, what our brand's like, role in that is. So um, yeah, it, we are very lucky. We have amazing brands and they are inherently social. So it, it makes a lot of natural sense for our brands. I, I think to add on that, I think that's exactly right. Like back to you know, when Sue says Super Bowl, like there, there's no social media that I can spend, eight, and we look at everything every day. There's no social media you can spend $8 million on media that will get as much consumption as the Super Bowl. It just doesn't exist. It, the Super Bowl is the most underpriced attention globally in the world as an ad because you literally get 80 to 120 million Americans actually watching for 30 seconds because it is a human behavior to watch the actual Super Bowl ad. On the flip side, the Oscars tries to run around and make pretend that we want to watch commercials on the Oscars. There's not a fucking human being that watches a commercial on the Oscars because it's not a thing we do. We watch the Oscars, but we don't watch, and you can see it even in the Twitter commentary in between in the commercials. So to Sue's point, I fully agree. You should mix. My real curiosity is when are we gonna mix in a matter that is based on the actual ROI of the media versus the historic way we've done it or the reports which are really just grading our own homework to justify the behavior we're doing. So to your point, look, if I have $100 million in media to spend, I'll buy four Super Bowl ads. No bullshit. 32 out the gate, gone. It's after that that it starts getting interesting. And people are like, oh Gary, good news, we're going more digital. Cool, but if you're 80% digital, and of that 80%, 80% of that is some programmatic banner bullshit in a black box that's really code for secret profit center for your media agency that not one fucking human being on earth actually sees a banner ad on hello.com below the fold on the right side. Well, that's bad digital. You know, but that's, but that's bad digital. And so, and by the way, there's unlimited ways to waste money on social. Meta has done a historically poor job because they're selling to big companies of talking about reach and frequency and trying to sell their media like it's television. That's not a great way to use this tool. You could hammer a nail with you know, a screwdriver, but this tool is different. But because it's one big industry and it's easier to sell it that way, that's something that Meta has done historically. And I don't think just blasting at scale, that's not using the tool effectively. That's television's shortcoming. It's a bunch of pebbles that build a boulder instead of pushing a boulder down on a platform like this and its competitors. But you know, common sense not allowed in our industry. Some of us have it. So, but I do think, one, I do expect the, exactly the constructive feedback on that net. I think the evolution for how we actually sell this and position this has been quite different. Um, and we've had to catch up also to, to your point about grading our own homework. Right? We also had to make sure that there was an infrastructure of measurement that allows us to be able to say, this is actually evaluating the efficacy of what we're actually putting in front of you. Yes, I think that one, it's interesting about how television has gotten the size that it has. TRPs, GRPs, and you know, ADUs, and that you, I sold your rating point, if I delivered it, great. If I didn't, I owe you money. That at least allowed there to be the exchange of that currency. Trying to translate that into our industry has been difficult. And I think that what's interesting is like it's a reminder that this is a relatively young industry where our company's only 19 years old, 
Um, and we're trying to figure out what that actually looks like. So participating in the measurement aspect of this has been interesting. It's been helpful for us at least. Now, we do have to change our narrative. I think it's the right call because using the same language to describe what we do is ineffective, which is one of the reasons why we actually wanted to make sure we're making a distinction between reels because it's a different way of actually talking about how to reach people. It isn't the same. But, but, but the issue of that conversation was when TV gives money back or when you can't or what have you, we talk a lot about reach in this industry, but we don't talk about actualized reach. Just because the commercial ran doesn't mean anyone saw it. Just because it showed up in a feed doesn't mean actual, like, so we play in proxies. We do. The second we separated media and creative in this industry in the mid 90s is the second we held no one accountable and we started making a bunch of fake reports. All this, you know, for everyone who's like, how do we really measure this? Really easy. Bring media and creative back together under one roof, hold the agency accountable to actually build your business, and if we as Vayner doing media and creative can't grow your business in the year that we're together, then you should fire us. That worked for 50 years. Then we separated it, and now we have all these bullshit reports. Do you have bullshit reports that you use? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, I will, I will add on to measurement and something you said about ROI. I, I think ROI is a very important metric, don't get me wrong. But I think the industry's focus on that exclusively has not helped. And what we found is when we focus only on ROI, you can efficiency yourself to death. And you can, you know, we talk about, we leave cases on the table when we do that. So I think it takes a bit more of a nuanced view and not something you can just get out of a report, but having the curiosity about what measurements actually make sense and what measurements lead to growth for your business. And it's, it's just not as simple as something you could put into a report. You have to actually dig into what is this all saying practically? How is this working in the real world? Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, so I think my argument is the way we're measuring ROI is flawed. I, I agree with you. If you're just worrying about selling today and not building a brand, that's bad. My argument is not that. It's the argument of how are we measuring ROI, right? These, it, like, you know, what's really fun when we get under the hood is how are we doing that? I fully agree with you, just focusing on the short-term sales or things of that nature or driving down the costs. Like most of the measuring of ROIs, to even the way you reference that is we put high value on low-cost CPMs. Yeah low-cost CPMs are not being consumed. People should be buying high-cost CPMs. That's, they're high because there's actual humans behind. Like the whole thing is like bizarro, which is fine. Um, but I think we fully agree. I think it's in the context of like, again, small business and creators, my man, do you know how they measure ROI? How much money how actually much money came in. Got, right? We do not do that. We, how many meetings, is everybody, is anybody else tired of being in a meeting where the reporting looks good, like the reporting looks good, and then everyone around the table is like, but the business is down 12%, and then everyone's like, why is this happening? I'm like, can we talk about the reports? Like, like the reporting is all perfect. We hit all our metrics, it's all ROI right, everything, but the business is down 9%, and you have smart people. Do you know how many smart people are in this industry? You have smart people sitting in a room saying, yeah, but why is the business down? Because the fucking report's broken. And we live on these reports in this industry. We live on reports, PR headlines, and awards. 
and then we all wonder why shit's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does anybody give a fuck about the business results? I mean, we do, for sure. Yes, we do as well. part of the reason why we're in business with each other. Like, at the end of the day, I'm, at, I'm looking to be held accountable. For the things that we're selling, and for the solutions that we're selling, I want to be held accountable. Then tell all your clients to have I mean, their agencies... No, 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 no. Tell all your clients to let the agencies go back to media and creative under one roof and hold them accountable. Because to, to empathy to both of you, deep empathy, when it's this, what do we do? Everybody just scratches their head. No at shit. At the end of the day, for their us. Their head, their ass, everything. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, for us, and I think this is one of the reasons why we've amassed many people on our platform as possible, as well as advertisers, we don't count that anymore. We used to every quarter say, this is how many advertisers are on our platform. But at the end of the day, it's an exponential number. That's not the point. The point is people are actually finding individuals to see their sell their products or build their brand or deliver their message in front of real people that actually matter. The idea is to be able to actually be authentic on our platform without apology. And once those individuals can actually then understand what that actually means, I'll stand behind the results that we have every day. I mean, that's the, that's the goal of being here. That's one of the reasons why we do what we do. That's one of the reasons why we believe in this industry and why we're investing in it. I mean, that's the whole point. If you can't stand behind the results, you shouldn't be selling it. That's the first rule of just the hustle. You can't sell anybody anything that you don't expect them to come back for more. That's 101. There's a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of people selling things they don't believe in in this town, and I know that because by coming here by 10 years, people change jobs, and so people one year are selling something, and then three years later they're on a different platform or a different world or a different genre, and they're selling that. I think that's a. I understand that people are like living life, and there's a lot of that. My passion that I'm bringing to this table is meta, and it's. You know, we're not even talking about some of the other incredible things you're doing, like this WhatsApp game that you're going down, this, that you're now bringing some of the features that are working in Telegram and other places, like you have these real tools. And I've watched systematically, because I've been around this company from day one. I've watched this company like, continue to build incredible tools that have a ton of attention, and my, my statement, how many people here work at Meta? Just raise your hands, please. My statement for all you wonderful people is be, have more conviction about what you're selling. I agree with you. The human attention's on the platform at scale. And I think finding the right balance to making it palpable for the biggest brands in the world and the biggest agencies in the world is appropriate. You're running a business. I appreciate that. I mean, I think that given, I'm gonna close this out. I wanted to see if you had a comment on that. I mean, that was a wonderful PR statement. I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I, I would just also say uh, for advertisers, to lean into those things. Don't try to force the, the you know, brand platform that you came up with into them in an unnatural way. Lean into how consumers consume, make things that look like they belong on those platforms. And that combination of the attention, the, the uh, pricing, and having some sort of authenticity is what seems to make us work for us. I, I think that's well said. I think that for us, one, thank you both for being here. I definitely want to just close out with the, the thought around this is that we are focusing on continuing the democratization of storytelling, and Reels is a wonderful example to do so. We, we, we encourage everybody to try it. 
We won't say test and learn, but it's about being your authentic self. But I will say this, and I appreciate the challenge. Anytime there's challenges with a business or an idea, there's a distance between accountability and expectations. We set both. We want this to be a safe environment for individuals to have self-expression. We also want to make sure that there are great experiences for businesses and people of all kinds. And that's irrespective of nationality, culture, what have you. And it's really important we take this responsibility very seriously. And we appreciate your, you know, your investment in real estate. So just our next product. I mean, we're, we're really trying to make sure this is accessible to everyone. This is one of the reasons why our platform is free, because it's accessible to everybody. With that, thank you both for being here. Thank you all for being here.